You're listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. I'm Garrett Ashley Mullet, and I want to talk about everything. Uh, can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? N- not in okay. this context. So I'm you not a biologist. The meaning of the word woman is so unclear and controversial that you can't give me a definition? Senator, in my work as a judge, what I do is I address disputes. If there's a dispute about a definition, people make arguments, and I look at the right. law and I decide. Well, so I'm not. The fact that you can't give me a straight answer about something as fundamental as what a woman is underscores the dangers of the kind of progressive education that we are hearing about. Just last week, an entire generation of young girls watched as our taxpayer-funded institutions permitted a biological man to compete and beat a biological woman in the NCAA swimming championships. What message do you think this sends to girls who aspire to compete and win in sports at the highest levels? Senator, I'm not sure what message that sends. If if you're asking me about the legal issues related to it, um, those are topics that are being hotly discussed, as you say, and could come to the court. And welcome back to the Garrett Ashley Mullet Show. This is, of course, Garrett Ashley Mullet coming to you from Greeley, Colorado for episode 356 of this podcast. Today is Saturday, March 26, 2022. It is a beautiful Saturday morning in Colorado. Today, I think the high is supposed to get up to 80 degrees, which is fantastic. My wife just bought hot dogs from Sam's Club yesterday on her way home from coffee with a lady from church. And I am planning on grilling some of those hot dogs, or at least I think I am, if I know what a grill is, if I know what hot dogs are. I don't know. Can you define what a hot dog is without being a chef? Can you... Define what that is without being a nutritionist. I mean, I don't know. I I guess I read that it's supposed to be 80 degrees today, but what does that mean, 80 80 degrees? Can you define what a degree is in Fahrenheit? Can you define what good weather is? You said that the weather is good, Garrett. Can you define what good weather is? You know, reading some of the reactions to Marsha Blackburn, senator from Tennessee, Republican senator from Tennessee, asking Katanji Brown-Jackson about the definition of a woman. One would think that Marsha Blackburn is asking ridiculous, absurd questions like, can you define what a hot dog is, right? <laughs> can, can you define what a degree Fahrenheit is, right? Like that these are just totally irrelevant questions that have nothing to do whatsoever with anything that she's going to be dealing with at the Supreme Court. Can you define 
what someone means when they say that the weather's really nice today. Can you define that, Justice Jackson? But of course, at the very tail end, if you listen to that clip that I just played at the top of this episode, if you listen to that clip, Justice Jackson tells us that that is a relevant question. Now, she declines to answer the question because, as she says, laughing, chuckling, she's not a biologist. But she tells us that that is a relevant question when she says that these issues concerning what a woman is, what a man is, transgenderism, biological males, also known as men, possibly eunuchs, maybe, competing in women's sports, that, that these are all things that are being discussed and hotly debated and hotly contested in society right now. Now, why is it that they are being hotly contested? Why is it that they're being debated? You can thank the Democrats for that. And when I say thank, what I really mean is blame. You can blame the Democrats for that. The Democrats are following the Saul Alinsky playbook, trying to create a polarizing issue, freeze it, and then lead one side. And they're trying to use that as a wedge issue to break Democrats who are disillusioned with Biden's abysmal performance just a year in as president. And he is like the opposite of King Midas. King Midas had the golden touch. Everything he would touch turned to gold. And that wasn't so great, actually, as it turned out. Because then you start touching people and they turn to gold. Or you start touching your food and it turns to gold. And eventually you just starve to death because you can't eat gold, obviously. That's very tragic. You don't want somebody with a golden touch, literally speaking. But we use that phrase commonly to mean that somebody is very successful. Everything they do is successful. Forgetting uh, the rest of the story with regards to King Midas. But what is the opposite, right? You might not want to have a literal golden touch, but you also don't want to have <laughs> the opposite. I don't know quite what the opposite would be, but everything you touch turns to crap, right? You don't want that, and yet that is what we have in the presidency right now. And the Democrats are really trying to leverage the transgender rights, so-called debate, and make it into something that distracts and takes attention away from skyrocketing gas prices, food shortages, and food costs that are expected to skyrocket even more than they already have, the potential of World War III breaking out over Ukraine, or over Taiwan for that matter, inflation going through the roof, supply chain issues, on and on and on. And so Marsha Blackburn, I think, asks a relevant question for where we're at right now. I really do. I, it, it's a sad indictment on where we're at right now that you would feel the need, but look at the circumstances. Can Justice Jackson define what a woman is? Well, her answer, I'm not a biologist, 
is very curious. And I think it does highlight the fact that Democrats think that common people who don't have advanced degrees are stupid. We know nothing or near enough to nothing. And this is where what the Apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter 1 comes into play. Thinking themselves wise, they became fools and their foolish hearts were darkened. God gave them over to a reprobate mind. They think they're so smart by asking these questions. And I'm not talking about Marsha Blackburn. I think Marsha Blackburn's question is on the nose. I think it's very relevant. As Justice Jackson says, these issues are being hotly contested and likely to be brought to the Supreme Court. And she doesn't want to say, well, a woman is this. Interestingly enough, if I go to Wikipedia, just for what it's worth, not to say that Wikipedia is trustworthy, because it's not. It's as trustworthy as the internet is. As much as you can trust random people and a whole lot of random people on the internet, that's how much you can trust Wikipedia. So take it for what it's worth. But it is an aggregator. And because Wikipedia has a very decidedly leftist bend, you can expect that if you read it here, it's at least a reasonable baseline that we should be able to agree on. We should. Now, it's changing what the left wants, what progressives want, what Democrats are going to throw out there next to sow confusion, to pop smoke, if you will. Next means it, all bets are off. But if I look at woman from Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia, the article, it says, and I quote, a woman is an adult human female. Prior to adulthood, a female human is referred to as a girl, a female child or adolescent. The plural women is sometimes used in certain phrases such as women's rights to denote female humans regardless of age. Typically, <laughs> typically, there it is. Okay, here we go. Typically, <laughs> women have two X chromosomes and are capable of pregnancy and giving birth from puberty until menopause. Female anatomy is distinguished from male anatomy by the female reproductive system, which includes the ovaries, fallopian tubes, uterus, vagina, and vulva. Apologies to all the homeschool families out there. I didn't give a trigger warning on the front end. The adult female pelvis is wider, the hips broader, breasts larger than that of human adult males. Women have significantly less facial and other body hair, have a higher body fat composition, and are on average shorter and less muscular than men. Throughout human history, traditional gender roles, there we go, here's gender as a social construct, have often defined and limited women's activities and opportunities. Many religious doctrines stipulate certain rules for women. With restrictions loosening during the 20th century in many societies, women have gained access to careers beyond the traditional homemaker and the ability to pursue higher education. Violence against women, whether within families or in communities, has a long history and is primarily committed by men. Some women are denied reproductive rights. The movements and ideologies of feminism have a shared goal of achieving gender equality. Trans women develop gender identity that does not align with their male sex assignment at birth, while intersex women may have sex characteristics that do not fit typical notions of female biology. Okay, so basically, Wikipedia doesn't know either. Essentially, 
a woman is a woman unless the woman is a man. Do I have that right? It's confusion, right? It, it, no, right? Take out all of the typically nonsense. A woman is a human female. How ridiculous and absurd would it be? Posit this with me. If you went to, let's say, the local zoo, right? Let's just follow this line of thought that humans are just another animal. We're just an advanced form of animal, although less and less advanced, as it turns out, the farther we get from our moorings in Christian faith as a society, as a civilization. But let's just go with it. Let's just go with the positivistic rationale that people, human beings, male, female, whatever, are just animals. Have you ever watched a documentary on the animal planet, National Geographic, Discover? Have you ever read an article in Popular Science, the Smithsonian? Have you ever been to a museum or a zoo or a wildlife sanctuary and heard the experts qualify what this wolf or that wolf is, what this zebra or that zebra is, by saying, well, we think it's a male, it has all the male anatomy, but until this wolf, this zebra, this whatever, tells us that it's a male, we can't be sure. We're, we're not sure, we don't want to misgender this parakeet, this Galapagos tortoise. We don't want to misgender them. We think that they are a male. They have the male parts, the anatomy, the genetics. Every cell in their body carries an X and a Y chromosome. But we're not sure. We, we asked they haven't told us yet whether they identify as a male tortoise or a female tortoise. They haven't told us yet whether they identify as a male parakeet or a female parakeet or intersex or trans or, or what have you. So we're, we're really not sure. We just don't know. Can't be sure. No, that's absurd. That's ridiculous. That is stupid. The word is stupid. Can you define what stupid is? I can define what stupid is. That's stupid. Stupid is as stupid does. It sounds stupid because it is stupid. Instead, in every single case, and I've been to a lot of zoos, I've been to a lot of museums, I've been to a lot of wildlife sanctuaries, I've been to a lot of national parks, I have read a lot of issues of the most popular mainstream science magazines, I have watched a lot of wildlife documentaries, I have never once seen sex and gender qualified to death. And it, it is. It is the death of a thousand qualifications. If this and maybe kind of sort of when that and the other and but also not necessarily and possibly kind of if you feel like it and they do as well, then it could be whatever. No, you have lost your mind and you're asking us all to lose our minds with you so we can all be crazy together. That's the next form of discrimination is 
the crazy people saying it's not fair that the folks with some sanity enjoy a more blessed life because they're operating in accordance with reality. That's the next form of bigotry, I guess. Or we're already there. Because for you to say that a man is a man and a woman is a woman will get you booted off of Twitter. You are no longer in the marketplace of ideas, apparently. The Babylon Bee announces that Rachel Levine is their man of the year because Rachel Levine was formerly living as a man, now dresses as a woman, now identifies as a woman. And so now we are all beholden, supposedly, to whatever the preferred pronouns are and whatever self-proclaimed gender identity it is now. And if it changes tomorrow, then we have to go with that. And if it changes the next day, we have to go with that. But the crazy thing is, I was scrolling Facebook, which is my first mistake. But I was scrolling Facebook just briefly. And I got a notification that somebody I know from church, who I like and respect very much and enjoy, benefit from, had shared a Danny Gokey. Danny Gokey is a Christian music artist. Uh, my kids listen to him. I don't personally love and care for his uh, style. I think for the most part, I find it just kind of obnoxious. That might be a sign that I'm getting old though, actually. I have started thinking and feeling and therefore being tempted to say, although I'm restraining myself pretty well so far, you call that music? <laughs> But Danny Goki, he's got some okay tracks, and he's grown on me the more my kids have listened to him. And he's got, I think, pretty good lyrics. Might not be my cup of tea, but I don't mind that my kids listen to him. And he shared this meme that I've seen a few other places as well. And it is of a woman and a man, and I'm sure because I can tell the difference. I can tell the difference. I guess I'm a biologist. But it's a woman and a man in a hospital, and the woman has clearly just given birth. She's disheveled and sweating, and just, she looks like a mess, like women uh, typically do when they've just had a baby, because it's a traumatic, glorious, wonderful, painful, terrifying experience, very trying. But the doctor's standing at the foot of the bed, holding this brand new newborn baby. And of course, the, the newborn baby is naked as a jaybird. They don't come out with clothes. My kids were shocked, the youngest ones anyway, to find this out when Andrew was born here recently. Little Enoch, John. I don't remember if Evelyn laughed, but I think it just hadn't occurred to them, right? Like it just it wasn't something that they had thought about. They've, of course, never witnessed uh, the birth of a human being, and that's all right. Uh, someday, probably, but, you know, it, it's just, yeah, it, they don't need to at this age. And so I made some kind of a joke, some offhanded comment about how uh, babies are born naked, right? They don't, they don't get dressed first before they come out. You know, you know they don't have clothes in there and like, hold on, I'll be right out. Uh, no, they, they come out naked as a jaybird. 
That's why you call it the birthday suit, right? But this meme that Danny Goki shared is the doctor holding this naked newborn baby, absolutely fresh as can be. And the mom and the dad are asking, what is it, a boy or a girl? And it's just a speech bubble, right? Speech bubble on their side and a speech bubble on the doctor's side. Speech bubble on the doctor's side in response says, I don't know, I'm not a biologist. And so this guy that I know from church, he shared this because it's absurd, right? Like you would never, ever, 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 ever have that. Or I suppose now all bets are off, right? Because now I guess we'll be, I guess we will be discriminating against a newborn baby if we identify its gender prior to it telling us, and it'll be a few years, and no doubt the left wants to make sure that it has all kinds of encouragement to identify as the opposite gender of whatever it is, particularly if it gives them license to do surgery and give hormone therapy and all that. But, but that's just absurd, right? Like we, None of us have ever heard that, seen that. It's just ridiculous. It's stupid. It is just stupid. Because we know, right? There have been a couple of our children, Lauren's and mine, and we have eight, just to be clear. If you're new to the program, you haven't read my bio, I am father of eight. That makes my wife mother of eight. Yes, they're all ours. This is not a blended family. A few of our children, we decided, you know what? We're just going to be surprised. It'd be fun, right? First two definitely found out well ahead of time. And then I think, and she'll correct me if I'm wrong here, I think that our next two, we decided to just be surprised. We'll just find out when they're born. And so, and I've, and I've caught uh, all eight of our children as they've been born. I've helped to deliver all eight of our children as they've been born. Uh, half of them now unassisted from home. Or I should say, no, actually, Evelyn... We had the midwives there, a midwife there. Sorry, Julia, if you're listening, I apologize. You were there and you did help a great deal. But uh, half of our children have been born at home, half in the hospital. But I've caught them all. And for most of them, I did the snipping of the umbilical cord, if not all of them. I could be wrong on that one too. I might have done all of them, but I'm leaving open the possibility that I didn't clip uh, Josiah and Eli's umbilical cord. That might have been the nurse or doctor on hand or whatever. But in the, in the case of the ones who were born and we were just surprised when they came out, they were born and I got the first look at them because I'm catching. And I say, and I quote, it's a boy. And without embarrassing anybody, I knew right away that this was a boy because of their parts, because of their anatomy. There's a small clip here, just a a real brief clip I'm going to play for you. So I'm not the one saying this. But this is a scene from Kindergarten Cop, a movie from way back when. I'm going to play this. And homeschool families, if you want to cover younger kids' ears, if this is going to be 
before you've had a chance to talk with them about such things, that's, you know, fine. You can do that. But uh, this will be explaining the difference between boys and girls. So take a listen. Boys have a penis. Girls have a vagina. <laughs> Thanks for the tip. And there you have it. There, there, there you have it. That is, that, that's, that's what it is. <laughs> really simple. Really straightforward. Thanks for the tip, Schwarzenegger says. 1990, Kindergarten Cop. That movie, you can be absolutely sure, would be made very differently. That scene, that bit of dialogue would not be written in today. And that's the difference that 32 years makes. Apparently, when the left is calling the shots, when the radical left is calling the shots, when academia thinking themselves wise and becoming fools and having their foolish hearts darkened is calling the shots, setting the agenda. That kid, by the way, apparently is a biologist. Go figure. But that's the thing of it, right? Marsha Blackburn asks this question. Can you define what a woman is? Justice Jackson, who should not sit on the Supreme Court, chuckles and laughs. I'm not a biologist, she says. No, I can't. I can't tell you what a woman is. Uh, the follow-up question should have been, are you a woman? How do you know you're a woman? But my friend and esteemed brother from church shares this little meme on Facebook. And there were three responses, three replies. And I don't know any of these people who replied on his share. But all three of them, boy, howdy. I mean, they have just had a number done on them. They have bought into, it looks like, the brainwashing scheme of our mainstream media. They're just all in for it. And the first one of them, I read and I ranted and raved for a little bit. Like, what in the world is wrong with people? How do these people live? How do they sustain themselves? How do they survive? Right? How do they function? And I walked away for a little bit, ranted to my wife. And then I thought, you know what? No, I'm going to respond. I'm just going to respond. I'm going to try and be as polite as possible, as respectful as possible. It still won't matter because I'm daring to question. And so it'll, it'll still be offensive, but I, don't, I just don't care. I do not care. I can't care about that. It's dumb. It's stupid. Let them be upset, if they will. Somebody's got to talk some sense. So I responded. And what I was responding to was the accusation that Senator Blackburn, Senator Marsha Blackburn from Tennessee, was only asking this question, can you define woman, because Justice Jackson is black, right? Justice Jackson is black and therefore, this stupid question is being asked to make her look silly because Marsha Blackburn thinks that she's stupid because she's a black woman. Aha, uh-huh, racism. Furthermore, this commenter, who will remain anonymous, the names will be changed to protect the innocent and avoid gross embarrassment for the guilty, 
But this commenter also insisted that the question, can you define woman, is entirely irrelevant to the job in question. And yet, if you listen to the clip, if you listen to the back and forth between Blackburn and Jackson, you know that Jackson admits this is not an irrelevant question. It should be. In a country that hadn't lost its mind, it would be an irrelevant question. But we don't live in that country. We live in the country that has lost its mind and is in the process of losing its mind. And so it's a relevant question. But I asked, I respectfully, sir, how is asking Justice Jackson to define what a woman is in any way, shape, or form related to her skin color? But how does that... How, there's so many illogical, irrational, unreasonable non sequiturs here. I don't know where to start. But can you explain? Maybe, like, help me out. Right, maybe you're seeing something I'm not. And of course he's not. He's not seeing something that I'm not. He's just throwing out something that he watched on MSNBC or CNN or CBS or ABC. He's throwing something out that he heard on the mainstream news. He's just parroting it because he's heard it enough times now that he thinks it's true, which is to say he's been brainwashed. Sad state of affairs. But here's the crazy thing. You know, it really isn't just women, right? Can you define what a woman is, is intimately tied to the question of, can you define what a girl is? Can you define what a boy is? Can you define what a man is, is tied back to this question of, can you define what a boy is? The trouble with not being able to define what a woman is mean, is that you, you, <laughs> you, 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 can't, you, you can't define what a man is if you can't define what a woman is. You can't define what a boy is if you can't define what a girl is. You can't define what a boy is if you can't define what a man is. You can't define what a girl is if you can't define what a woman is. It's all of a piece. And this is, before our very eyes, the erosion of all ability to make cogent sense of the world. And so what you have is you, you have some Republican legislatures, state legislatures around the country voting to ban biological males, also known as boys and men, from girls and women's sports. The Republican governor of Utah here recently vetoed and the Republican State legislature overrode his veto. Good for them. Keep it up. Let's see more of that. Also, vote the bum out. What the heck? But you have the Republican governor of Florida, who I think highly of. Everything I'm seeing, I'm seeing as proof of quality. We need more like Ron DeSantis from Florida. I'm sure he's not a perfect guy. I'm sure he's got things that he gets wrong, but I'm seeing a lot he's gotten right and is getting right. And I hope he keeps it up and pray for him. But Disney is all up in arms about Florida and this so-called don't say gay bill. Now it's not don't say gay, except that the media has referred to it as that They've distributed talking points amongst themselves so that they're all on the same page, so that they're all saying that that's what the legislation is about. Don't say gay. What it really is, 
is it is an effort and a fairly tame one, actually. I think they should have been more aggressive with it, but it, it's a start. But an effort to limit the grooming of young children, kindergartners, and I, that clip that I played for you earlier was from Kindergarten Cop. In 1990, when my younger brother was born, a kindergartner knew the difference between a boy and a girl and between a woman and a man. And now Florida needs to pass legislation to forbid activist teachers coming from universities that are peddling this garbage to stop them from trying to confuse young boys and young girls in kindergarten. Oh, you're a boy, but you occasionally play a game with the girls where you're playing with their toys instead of your toys. You're playing with their dolls instead of your trucks. Do you ever feel like maybe you're a girl trapped in a boy's body? Here, let's invite a transvestite in. Let's invite a drag queen in to do story hour. And we'll talk about how brave they are. And then would you like to be brave too? No. No, he wouldn't. Shut up. Get out of here. You are corrupting young people. It's evil. It's wicked. It's not your right to do that because it's wrong and evil and heinous what you're doing. But then Disney gets all up in arms because this is supposedly about trans rights. No. What about a child's right to not be corrupted, to not be destroyed? Does the child have any rights to not be destroyed? Is that too much to ask that we would be able to protect children from being intentionally, deliberately, systematically confused and destroyed? You know, in ancient times, here's what used to happen, right? What used to happen is you would have an especially cunning, ruthless warrior, and he would be the baddest mamajama in the territory. And he would attract warriors around him. And then pretty soon they make a bid for the neighboring city. They take over their city and then they make a bid for the neighboring city. And then once they've taken that city, they eliminate anybody who's not going to bend the knee and kiss the ring. And then pretty soon they've got two cities and then they've got more soldiers and more forces. And they go and they take the next. And the more cities they get under them and the more carefully, skillfully, they fight and they organize their war machine and their efforts and their governance of these provinces that they're taking, these cities that they're taking, the more capable they are of steamrolling the next and the next and the next. And at a certain point, probably not very far in, the wealthy men in the territory surrounding what's been conquered or even within the territory that's been conquered decide that they want to placate this guy who is the warlord, who is the king and he's the aspiring conqueror and all that. They want to placate him. And so what do they do? They try to establish a good relationship with him. And the best way they could possibly do that is by sending him gifts. And if they're feeling especially generous and especially eager to have a good relationship with this king, this warlord, this rising star from a military standpoint, this conquering, maybe not hero, but conquering uh, warrior, they might send a woman. They might send a slave, for instance, possibly. They might send their daughter, possibly, if they really want to establish ties. 
But of course, you don't just get one man in the ancient world, one wealthy guy who's trying to cover his bases and make sure that he's connected to the ruling power in the region. No, you'll probably get a fair number. You'll probably get several, maybe dozens, maybe hundreds of wealthy men in the area who decide we want to establish good relations with this guy. We're going to send him our daughters. We're going to send him female slaves. And he can do with them what he will as a token of our appreciation. And we have a word for this arrangement, and we call it a harem. And this harem very often would be comprised of the beautiful women of the area, of the territory, the region, the what have you. And so then the king, let's say, after he's taken a few cities, he can call himself king. This king has a harem filled with beautiful women who are the symbol of his ties to wealthy rulers and business people and landowners in his kingdom and also the surrounding kingdoms. And so what would happen is that, you know, obviously the king's very busy, right? He's busy ruling and governing and adjudicating disputes and writing laws perhaps and issuing edicts and organizing his army and then planning campaigns against neighboring kingdoms and kings and hiring assassins to eliminate rivals, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He's busy with the affairs of state. And so he wants to engage his harem in a certain way, in a certain sense, but he doesn't want to be dealing with the day-to-day administration of the harem. And so what does he do, right? And this across the ancient world and across even the medieval world and even in some places today, what the king does is he collects and assembles male slaves very often. And he's going to have those male slaves attend to the needs of his harem. And he's going to make sure that his male slaves are not able to uh, interfere, shall we say. They're, They're not able to do anything that would potentially call into question Uh, whether children who are born out of this harem are the king's or someone else's. We'll just put it that way. And so what does the king do? The king has these male slaves who work in his harem, uh, essentially made into geldings. He he would castrate them, right? He makes them into geldings, castrates the men, And then there's no concern, right? It's just like with, if you're raising cattle, let's say, for instance, you have a fairly even distribution of male cows and female cows or bulls and cows that are born. And if you are selectively breeding your cattle, you decide, okay, early on, out of 50 males... These two are the biggest, the strongest, the healthiest looking, the most robust, the most energetic, or you, I mean, you could selectively breed for other traits as well. These are the most docile, but also the biggest. And so I'm going to selectively breed just these two bulls and 
All the rest, I'm going to castrate. And we'll raise them, of course, until they're nice and big and the right age to slaughter. And then we'll, we'll just eat them. But these two here, we're going to keep them as breeders. And the rest, now. And what you do over time is you, you, do, do, you do that. And then you only get a certain type of cow. And your cows that are born, bred from that process, are more of what you want. But that's, in a nutshell, that's selective breeding for you. Okay? Well, so also, it's important for us to remember, I think, that in the past century, with, within the past 100 years, 100 to 150 years, there was a major movement among the elites in this country and in the UK and in, most notably, most famously, most notoriously, Germany, to cleanse the race, to essentially selectively breed people. And this is, again, not a terribly new idea. In ancient times, we had kings who would gather together a harem, women being sent to them from surrounding kingdoms as a way of securing alliances, placating any potential animosity, establishing good rapport. And the male slaves who would wait on the harem and take care of the harem and attend to its needs, they would be castrated because you don't want them breeding with your harem. I mean, I'm sorry, like this is just what it is. You, you don't want that. And so what do we find here with regards to this question of confused children telling little boys that they might be girls what we find is that psychologically they're being made into eunuchs. If they express any interest whatsoever in gender reassignment surgery, so-called, and if they are given that, and if it's insisted, if the Democrats are allowed to establish what it is that they want, it's an extension in my mind of their whole philosophy with regards to Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger, the eugenics movement, and actually... The sad, tragic thing is that if you go back prior to the eugenics movement as we know it, a lot of its inspiration came from the establishment of slave owners in America. Slave owners selectively breeding their slaves. Very similar to how you would selectively breed cattle. Selectively breed for certain traits, and then you get more of those traits and you get less of the undesirable traits. Well, then slavery is abolished. This is part of the reason why it was abolished is because people were being treated like animals, disposed of like animals. Between Charles Darwin's theory of evolution by natural selection, origin of the species, and the treatment of slaves in such ways, what you got was a very progressive, utopian, scientistic, positivistic approach to curing all of the world's problems. We're going to cure disease and mental illness and poverty and criminality and immorality by selectively breeding people and forcibly sterilizing. Now, Edwin Black's got a great book on this, War Against the Weak, which you should definitely read. And I should also definitely finish reading one of these days. But this question of what is a woman 
is very disturbing. Pretty soon, when you don't define what a woman is, what a man is, when you don't treat them any different whatsoever, what you get is World War III and your daughters being drafted along with your sons. And once they're drafted and the government has them, then the government does whatever it wants to with your sons and your daughters. And if this just keeps on and goes on and on and on and on, and the military is already a Petri dish, where does it stop? What's really at stake here is actually not trans rights. What's really at stake here is the rights of decent, sane people over and against the will and whim of the self-appointed elites, the folks who think that they are so superior, they're so brilliant, and they're playing God. They are the puppeteers. And what they want is they want to castrate the folks who disagree with their vision for the world. They want to castrate them. They want to do it first psychologically, morally, legally, socially, economically. And I think ultimately what they want is for any who are willing at this point, and maybe it changes to even those who are unwilling, because that's something Edwin Black talks about as well. When they get really aggressive about trying to save the world through these means and measures, they don't even need consent in their view, in their mind. They rationalize even to the point of non-consensual sterilization, vasectomies, hysterectomies. It goes to a very, very dark place. We're just going to decide because climate change, maybe, that certain people shouldn't be allowed to breed. The majority of you shouldn't be allowed to breed and have children. You know, we recently have been going through the book of Hebrews at church. And this past Sunday, the most recent sermon, had to do with, in part, Pharaoh having given the order that the Hebrew midwives were to kill any Hebrew baby boy born alive. Now, the Hebrew midwives disobeyed because that was an evil command. Obeying the Pharaoh in that would have meant disobeying God, and they chose wisely, and God blessed them and their homes and their households as a result. But then Pharaoh did a thing where he enlisted because the Hebrew midwives were saying, oh, no, these Hebrew women, they're so strong and robust. They're not like Egyptian women. They just give birth before we can even get there, which wasn't true. And the Pharaoh probably knew that. But they also couldn't just tell him, uh, no, that's dumb. We're not doing that. If they wanted to live themselves. But then Pharaoh does a thing where he enlists the entire people of Egypt if you find a Hebrew baby boy, kill it. Again, this is selective breeding. This is that same mentality. There is no new thing under the sun. This is of a piece with the eugenics movement. It's of a piece with Margaret Sanger and Planned Parenthood. This is also of a piece with the way that slave owners managed their slaves. They disposed of their slaves in such a way that they would decide who was going to breed and who wasn't going to breed because they saw them as animals. And this is also part of the danger in the theory of evolution being taught as fact to children, children being taught that they're nothing but animals. Actually, they're worse than animals increasingly because every time you watch a wildlife documentary, it's a sob story about how this poor creature 
is starving to death because humans have encroached on their environment. Isn't it awful? We really have to get a handle on our consumption and our distribution. We human beings are killing this adorable polar bear, this adorable wild peccary or whatever. And actually, <laughs> funny story, and I don't say funny haha, I say funny like, oh my goodness. There's a article right now as of 9.08 this morning at notthebee.com. Harris Rigby published, This is a real billboard in Oregon imploring people to stop having kids. And what it is, the picture, you can go check it out yourself. The picture is a big black billboard with giant white lettering. And all it says is, stop having kids. And the letter O is actually surrounding the silhouette of a baby. And then there's a crossing out of the baby. And underneath the subscript is paid for by www.stophavingkids.org. Stop having kids. That's the big idea, actually. You know, it's funny when you start telling people that they are destroying the planet and we've got to reduce our population in order to reduce our consumption of natural resources and our use of land and water and fossil fuels. When you tell people that they have to do that in mass and that doesn't stick and that doesn't really get it done fast enough for your liking, although I will say our birth rate has declined as a country to the lowest point in our history and it is dangerous. It is very dangerous. Look at the science. But when you tell people that, and then also there are very strange reports about these mandatory vaccines causing women to stop having periods, and then people start saying, well, hey, wait a second. Like, I don't want to have this vaccine. Oh, you don't want to have this vaccine? Well, if you don't get the vaccine, then you're going to lose your job, and you're not going to be able to go out in public. And also, we hope that you die. For the folks who add all of that up to say, you know, it really feels like to me you have a, a darker agenda behind the scenes. That's not crazy. And again, this is where Christians need to get away from the veggie tales mentality where they think that this is all just talking asparagus dealing with over-aggressive French peas that slap each other with fish. No. Read your Bible. Actually, put the veggie tales away for a second and listen. Read your Bible and read about Ahud sneaking into the king's latrine, King Eglon, king of Moab, and burying his sword so deep in that belly that it disappeared. That's not ever, ever, ever going to be adapted for veggie tales. And yet that's the kind of story that we read about in our Bible, and it's in there for a reason. All scripture is God-breathed and profitable, including the book of Judges. And the book of Judges is crazy. But if that can be righteous as a righteous action, if that can be just, if God striking down the firstborn of every household in Egypt that didn't have lamb's blood painted above the doorposts, and if that can be righteous because the iniquity of the people was so great and a holy and righteous God had to judge it, 
then we should consider that maybe, just maybe, when people say that they hate God and they do everything in their power to rebel against him, to try and coerce all of society to rebel with them, maybe, just maybe, we should consider that all options are on the table as far as what they're capable of doing. We should study our Bibles more to understand human nature better, to know what is within the realm of possibility. And I don't say that to disturb you, to scare you. I apologize if this is just a huge bummer. But this is serious stuff. China had a one-child policy for a long time, in part because Western ideas were brought in that they could only be prosperous and raise the standard of living for China by reducing their population. They had just too many people, too many mouths to feed. The answer is to have fewer children. And they weren't content because it's communism and the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, and you especially. They weren't content to have this be a voluntary thing where people decide whether they're going to obey or not. No, you have twins and you're only allowed one, you pick one. You sneak around behind the scenes and decide to have three or four children, and we told you only one or maybe two in the country, we take your kids away and we give you an involuntary hysterectomy and we throw you in jail and we fine you at best, best case scenario. So that's what it looks like under communism. Then we get communists here who are saying the same kinds of things, and we should definitely, we should definitely take it seriously. We should definitely suppose that they mean it. Now, there's a screenshot from Facebook of this Stop Having Kids page on Facebook. Some of the signs being held up in the middle of this street. The world doesn't need you to continue your bloodline, genetics, or family name. The world is too backwards to move forward with having kids. Having kids is far beyond a personal choice. Let's stop dumping our problems onto future generations. Stop having kids. www.stophavingkids.org And then there's also a screenshot from Instagram. Stop underscore having underscore kids. Salem, Oregon. Our new baby, our 30-foot billboard off the I-5 in Salem, Oregon. Thousands of people who drive by this each day would agree with the message, and hopefully it will make people consider their procreation plans. Hashtag antinatalism. Hashtag child-free. Hashtag why was I born. Hashtag stop having kids. Hashtag Salem, Oregon. What it all adds up to is... We really need to get back to what it is that God says about marriage, family, life. Why are we here? And these are not satellite issues. We need to be able to define what a woman is. We need to be able to define what a man is. We need to be living out the difference between a man and a woman on God's terms, according to his word. If we do that, we will probably be persecuted. We will probably incur even more rage and hatred. But there's a blessing there. And there really isn't a blessing any other way. Those who hate God love death. I think we're seeing that here. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who love him, his righteous ones. I'm going to leave it there. That's all I've got for this episode. As always, thank you for listening. Until next time. God bless.
You've been listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. For more content like what you just heard, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Also check out thegarrettashleymulletshow.com to subscribe to email alerts when new episodes are published. As always, you can reach me with any comments, questions, complaints, objections, or insights at garrettashleymullet at protonmail.com. Thank you.